Hi, Ron here and welcome. We love that you've come to join us here and listen to a lot of our episodes. Please help us continue with this by supporting us through either joining the Barack Center at thebarackcenter.com or joining us at the Fringe Church at thefringechurch.com and sharing and donating through those sources. And once again, thank you for joining us today. Good morning and welcome to Devotions. Um, We're in Romans chapter 3 at the 19th verse. And here Paul starts to change gears. He has been really trying to define the problem that we're dealing with, this problem that we want to know God, that God seems so distant. Why is that? And he he puts it squarely on us. Now he starts to to turn it and uh, we move into a different phase of the letter over the next little bit. So he says, we know that whatever the law says, it says to those who are within the law, those who are already trying to obey it. And the function of the law is that every mouth should be silenced and that the whole world should be known to be liable to the judgment of God because no one will ever get into a right relationship with God by doing the things the law lays down. What the law can give you is a complete awareness of your sin. But now a way to a right relationship with God does lie open before us, quite apart from the law. And it's a way attested by the law and the prophets. For a right relationship with God comes through faith in Jesus Christ to everyone who believes. But there's no distinction Everyone's sin. Everyone's fallen short of the glory of God, but they're put into a right relationship with God very freely by his grace through the deliverance which is brought by Jesus Christ. God put him forward as one who can win for us forgiveness of our sins through faith in his blood. He did so in order to demonstrate his righteousness Because in the patience of God, there had been a passing over of the sins which happened in previous times. And he did so to demonstrate his righteousness right now, so that he himself should be just and that he should accept as just the person who believes in Jesus. So Paul has laid out the great problem of life. How do we get to God? How do we... How do we fill that gnawing hole inside us that says there's got to be more? I know I'm not in the right place. It's not good. What do I do? He's, he's laid out that problem now. I mean, you know, by the time you get to this point in Romans, you're thinking, gee, do I want to keep reading any further? Well, here he starts to turn. And he says, look, the traditional answer in the religion that I serve is there's a whole bunch of rules. You keep the rules, you please God. And that's not just the Jewish way. That's the way of all religion. Bluntly, that's the way that a perverse Christianity works. You keep the rules, you please God. So get on with it. Just do what you need to do. Now, clearly, God has a code that we need to live to. Clearly, there are rules. But in terms of our relationship with God, that's not the way to get there. That's like the result of getting there is growing in your your capacity to please God. So he he really lays out three metaphors to describe 
how we get into a relationship with God. The first is he uses one from Roman law courts, a good, strong Gentile image that, that those people will get. He talks about we are justified. Now, all of the verbs that finish with the little ending that that verb finishes with don't mean to make someone something, but to treat someone as something. So if, if someone comes before a court, right or wrong, the judge says, you are acquitted. Well, they're treated as if they're acquitted. And that's the verdict. So it is like God justifies us. He, he speaks a verdict of innocent over our lives. Now, that God, who gave us the law, told us the standards, but now is going to justify us before the law, that's impossible to the Jewish mind at the time Paul is writing. I mean, think of, think of the scriptures. You know, they, they would have thought of a judge who justified a man who'd done wrong as a corrupt judge. They would have had no respect for that person. So um, Proverbs 17, he who justifies the wicked is an abomination to the Lord. Okay, that's the sort of stuff the gospel has to get over the top of. That's the expectation in the Jewish way. You, you justify the wicked, you're an abomination. Well, what does Jesus do? Justifies the wicked. And frankly, died as an abomination, if you notice. I will not acquit the wicked. Uh, in Exodus 23, Paul says, that's exactly what God does. And how can we know that God is like that? I mean, the Bible says the exact opposite for crying out loud. It's because Jesus is the center of everything for us. He came to show us that we are lost in our sins. We are still loved. We are put right by what he's done. We have access to the throne of grace. Sorry, I'm sort of misting up because I'm just thinking back over yesterday. Jump on the sanctuary and just see the evidence of the power of this. Uh, just in a little quick report that I threw up there. We no longer come to God conscious of sin. Well, actually, we are conscious of sin, but we don't come in the terror that our sins are going to destroy everything. We come like children who've messed up, coming home to Dad to apologise, knowing that for all he's going to be grumpy at us, we are always going to be welcome. We're not sinners in the hands of an angry God. We are children in the hands of a loving father. That's the first one. He uses another one from the area of sacrifice. So this one is for the Jews. Um, and and you know, they, Jesus becomes our, our offering, our propitiation is the huge word for it before God. That's one for the Jews. So the idea was that we sin and we bring an offering and, and, and by the ritual of killing that sacrifice, somehow our sins are counted on that sacrifice or on the scapegoat or whatever it was, and, and we are set free from them. And yet there's this gnawing sense in the, the Bible itself, even in the, the system that sets up these sacrifices. Psalm 51, you have no delight in sacrifice. Were I to give a burnt offering, you would not be pleased. And then another one, with what shall I come before the Lord and bow myself before God on high? Shall I come before him with burnt offerings, with calves a year old? Would the Lord be pleased with thousands of rams, with ten thousands of rivers of oil? Could I even give my firstborn child for my sin, the fruit of my body for the sin of my soul? It's in Micah. There was this instinctive sense, this is just not enough. 
This isn't getting to the heart of who I am. This is this is doing something that, you know, God willing, I'll be forgiven because of it. But there's something wrong in me. What's going to fix that? Paul says, Jesus fixes that. And the last metaphor he uses is from slavery. He speaks of deliverance. It means a ransoming, a redeeming, a buying, a liberating. We were slaves to sin. Christ has bought us back from our sins. And finally, Paul lays out the supreme paradox of this passage. He says, God did all this because he is just. <laughs> I don't get that. This is one that I'm going to have to ask him about when we get to heaven. God is just. Now, justice means in part retribution. You do the wrong thing, you're going to get creamed. That's what justice is. Because he is just, God does not come to us with the wrath. He comes to us with love. This is so paradoxical. God is just, he should condemn sinners. But Paul says, God is just. He forgives miraculous, overwhelming grace. So the difference between the way of religion and the way of Jesus, and I include the Christian religion in that, where it's become something other than just the way of Jesus. Obedience to the law is the purpose of God. He wants us to live according to his code. And we frankly want to too. There's bliss in it. There's joy. There's hope. There's community. There's love. There's quietness of spirit. There's prosperity. There's wonderful things in, the, in obeying the way that God would have us live. But we don't. It offends God. It breaks us. But the way to a right relationship with God is not to keep trying harder. If you're trying, you're doing it wrong. Our trying has to be to press in on God, to find this grace, to know this Jesus, to walk in his spirit. That desperate, doomed attempt to be good, to somehow win favour with God, to get our souls in a straight line, to find quietness, it's going to fail. The road is the humble, penitent acceptance of the love and grace that is offered to us in Jesus and the transforming power of the spirit of Jesus who produces the fruit of righteousness in us, who fills us with the love of God as we quietly, humbly, gently, patiently over time cooperate with this grace, we become the people of God. So yesterday was Pentecost Sunday, so I just leave you with one of Paul's commands. Be filled with that spirit, spirit of grace, hope, quietness, a gift celebrating everything God has done for you that you were powerless to look after for yourself. Let's pray. Father, thank you. God, this, this Christian thing, fair dinkum, doesn't make any sense. Lord, it's like you've chosen what's foolish to show the power of God. Lord, you are just, you are judge. And as a result of that, you acquit. Wow. Lord, we don't begin to understand you. Our theology is inadequate. Our words are empty compared to the power of this. But Lord, when we see the power of this, everything changes for us and for the people around us. Lord, thank you just for the testimonies that are, are still coming in from yesterday of the power of this grace 
in our lives. Lord, we want to get lost in the height, the breadth, the length and the depth of it. We want to bask in it, Lord. We want to see what it means as a community to say, Jesus is Lord. This overwhelming grace and hope and promise and power that comes to us as we enter into the very life of God. Thank you, Lord, so much. In Jesus' name, amen. Bless you, folks, and uh, we'll see you in the morning. We'll keep going. Bye. Thank you for listening to another episode. And please, don't forget to sign up to the thebarackcenter.com or thefringechurch.com and help support us so we can reach many more. Thank you again for joining us today.